Hey, it's Chris McCaleb. And me, Mike Behrman-Trout. We just want to give you a quick update about the podcasts because we've seen some questions. All the podcasts this season were recorded well in advance. That's right. In fact, our last day of recording was February 2nd. Exactly. So you won't hear us talking about anything that's been going on in the world lately. We've all been safe and socially distant, and our hearts absolutely go out to everyone who's been affected by this. If you're looking for some way to help, there are a lot of great charities out there all over the world. I wanted to highlight two of them that Mike and I have donated to. Uh, One is No Kid Hungry. They're making sure that the 22 million low-income kids in the United States uh, who depend on free and reduced-price meals that they usually get at school are fed while the schools are closed. Uh, as well as Feeding America, which is a nationwide network of over 200 local food banks. We're all about making sure people get enough to eat. I have definitely been eating my feelings lately. You and me both, buddy. Anyway, we hope everybody's staying safe and healthy out there. And as always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, roll that intro. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast, episode 509, Bad Choice Road. I'm going to take my horse to the Bad Choice Road. Uh, it's a reference for all the, the young folk out there. Uh, I'm Chris McCaleb, uh, one, old, one of you. Even the old folks know. Uh, old, town old Town Road. road. Old Town Road, Everybody, yes. it's, it's universal. If it made it onto NPR, then it's, it's, not, it's not just for the youths. <laughs> Um, well, thanks a lot for, for listening. Uh, we hope you like the show and we hope you enjoy the conversation we're about to have. I'm one of the editors of the show and I was the editor of this episode, the co-editor of this episode, uh, with Joey Liu, who is my assistant editor and he did a fantastic job joining us as always is the co-creator and showrunner of Better Call Saul, Peter Gould. This is the sound of my voice. And there it is. It's a, it's a sound that we know well. And uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing I'm doing great. That's awesome. It's always fun to come here and, and do a podcast with you with the, with these wonderful, talented people. Actually, I have to say, uh, you know, we do these scattered around different days. Uh, th- there are a couple of podcasts this season which I wish uh, Chris and I were talking. About, I wish I could send back to myself yes. when I was in <laughs> film school uh, some of the podcasts because I, I I learned so much today. But then you wouldn't be the person you are now. You'd be different. That might be a good thing. In fact, I can, almost gu- I can almost guarantee that would be a good thing. <laughs> Speaking of good things, it's the writer-director of this episode, Thomas Schnauz. What's up, bitches? <laughs> yeah. All really? Right. Really? I mean, there's no better way to get into it. Um, I, I'm speaking to the young people. That's how they talk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this right? is—it's uh, all in keeping with the the Lil Nas X effect that we've had on the <laughs> on the podcast. Um, it's Tom's trademark line too. So that's true. Obviously, he says that all the time. That is true. This reminds me when of I, Mel's. When Mel's I rock come home pop. from work and I see my kids, that's what I say to them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm you made me think of Mel's rock pile. Rock and Mel slurp. Also joining us today on the podcast is. Kim Wexler herself, Ray Seahorn. Woohoo! Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I haven't been here in forever. I know. It's been a long time. It's been been weeks. It has been weeks. And we didn't just record uh, that episode just a second ago. I'm not worried about the fact that I just ate spinach. Oh, man. So much good food. (laughs) In the teeth. And uh, our final guest in the guest chair is the director of photography of this series. You know his work incredibly well. Such beautiful images. It's Marshall Adams. Thank you. Oh, boy. Also returning guest to the podcast. Yeah, right? The first time this season, though. 
That's true. Did you get a mug? No. You oh, got to yeah. get one of these delightful mugs. Oh, look They're at that. Yeah, that's, we'll that's have to. Good stuff right there. They're a bowl-ish mug. Yeah, we'll I have like. to show pictures of these mugs because they they really are. Thank you, Peter and Val, for making these mugs happen. Yes. They're they're so cool. I can't stop talking about the mugs. They yeah, he's because he's drinking out of one. Love I mean, to be fair, it is it is on everybody's mind. Speaking of mugs, he's a mug that I stare into all the time. He's across the table from me. It's Joey Reinish. Hi, Chris McCaleb. Hello. <laughs> Thanks a lot for coming in today. Happy to be here. Uh, another person who's here, uh, Val is also out there, is Jen Carroll, who uh, is not on microphone right now. But uh, as we've said many times, Jen produces these. She puts them all together. She makes us feel amazing. And... These wouldn't be podcasts uh, without her. So two people who are not joining us today, Vince Gilligan, unfortunately, couldn't be here. Uh, and Kelly Dixon, who also couldn't be here because um, she uh, once again Fuck worked. those two. <laughs> you know, couldn't agree more, Tom. God damn it. Um, <laughs> but so sick of their bullshit. Yeah. I mean, speaking I of. Slackers, I'm, I'm, both of them. Tom's on fire today. <laughs> speaking of being on fire, uh, let's talk about this teaser. Um, <coughs> how's that segue? <laughs> on a scale of three to six, how is that? How is that segue? I'm gonna give it a one point seven. <laughs> that wasn't. I'm sorry. That was not on the scale. Oh, um, so this is we we're uh, we're hearkening back and doing kind of a of a reprise of the something stupid split screen from episode four hundred seven that that we've talked. Yeah, so we much were about. we were talking about this episode and the fact that. Kim and Jimmy had not been together for so long. They just sort of felt right to go back and, and touch on that <clears throat> that same teaser where they were they were drifting apart, and now here they are so far apart and wanting nothing more than to be back together again. It just felt like a, a good way to wait, wait. Chris is leaving to take a I'm call. So sorry, wow. I'm, t- I'm telling some, that was some fascinating, fascinating anecdotes. <laughs> Chris gets up and leaves <laughs> he, to take a call. He, he just walked out. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm he's, listening, Tommy. He's trying to schedule. Man, give him a break. He's trying to schedule a haircut. <laughs> you know, he's on another podcast. I'll cut podcast. his hair. You know, we it's all so need. Chris well, is the guest on a podcast that's down well, the hall. Well, you don't realize though is that Chris and Joey do all kinds of other podcasts. Anyway, uh, but let's let's keep talking. I'm about not this. talking about this anymore. Let's uh, wait. Oh, here comes Jen. Jen here. here comes Jen, Jen Carroll. Hello. Store order. Hello. I'm Chris McCaleb. <laughs> um. So what were you just asking? Your voice is deeper than oh, his. Oh man. Uh. <laughs> something about a all segue. I can tell. I think Chris wanted to talk about that oatmeal bath. <laughs> Ray. That sounds about right. That sounds like Chris. What? <laughs> I thought we yeah. were talking about the opening and using the song and the montage. Yes, going back. That is back, a great idea. Going back, going back to that that great split screen montage that uh, Deborah that Chow was, did. First. Deborah Chow directed and uh, Skip McDonald cut cut. Uh, so I think we had, just ran out of ideas, so we just did that again. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, there you there you go. But 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 let me ask you though, mm-hmm. uh, you are a, a, a wonderful director. How do you prepare? A scene, a split screen scene like that, because it, you know it's it's there's a lot of things that happen that are synchronized between the two sides. There's you know Jimmy drinking, it's a lot what of, he drinks, and then there's Kim right. splashing water on her it's face. It's a lot of storyboarding, and we're talking to Marshall beforehand about. I mean, I you know you think uh, somebody raising a phone up in front of the sun would be an easy thing, but it was. You know, it was like the invasion of D-Day <laughs> trying to plan this thing because we had very limited time of this. You know, we got out to location at, you know, before the sun was up. 
and got the crew and everybody set up on this mountaintop and you know pointed a, a, a very did you guys go back out to the same we, desert for that or somewhere we else we did absolutely I bet, so, so Marshall you must have been drive. excited to be back so, in Tahajali oh yeah after, was, after episode 8 yeah over the moon to go back out there <laughs> everybody had such a great time <laughs> yeah right such good stories uh, yeah, it was a little toasty out there. It was actually kind of nice to be out there before the sunrise, I guess. <laughs> but we had a special, uh, special lens from Canon that was uh, that we'd subrented for that. That was actually part of the previous episode too. But uh, if I remember correctly, went 2,000, 2000 millimeters. Yeah, wow. we did that wow. shot on. Wow! Because wow. I, I wanted the sun to be large in frame, but then also we had to get the phone. It was. You know, there was a lot of uh, mathematics going on on the, on the camera crew side of things to work out this shot that I had drawn on a piece of paper. I was going to say, <laughs> so, so where, I mean, what was the beginning of that idea? The the germ was you drew that picture and then take it to Marshall and he's like, normal lenses can't shoot that? Pretty, I mean, I knew it would be a long lens. I didn't know, it would be, you know, the, it, how difficult it would actually be to pull, the, pull this off because you're exposing for the sun and I want this, you know, silhouette of, you know, but you don't want the sun completely blown out. It was, I and mean, this, this is the first. You're talking about the very first, the very shot first image on the yeah. left, yeah. left hand yeah. side. So mm -hmm. I had, I had drawn, I had drawn completely drawn the split screen teaser with the sun on one side, Kim's window on the other, with sunlight coming through. Because I just a, a series of images that that linked up together. Mm -hmm. A snake on one side, a fish on the other. Mm -hmm. So I drew out the whole thing. And then presented Marshall with the pre <laughs> the problem of how do we achieve all this? And Steve Jobs style said, "Make it happen." <laughs> We'd gone out there and, and scattered it out, and knowing where the sun was going to come up, or at least our best guess of it. And uh, and you know, I was amazed at how quickly the sun will move through your frame when oh, you yeah. were set up like that. So that was our big thing was we had to get to the exact right spot and wait for it to arrive. And there was a lot of we have to roll now, guys. We have to do this right now. Sure, because right now. Because otherwise. Of the you know, the sun will be higher than, than Bob's reach standing on a, on a ladder. Oh, right, it's right. the sun is moving, and we just, right. you know, we had to get this shot. Oh. It did, and we were, only, we were in Tajli for half a day because we went and later did the, uh, <laughs> the gas station scene. So as opposed right. to the previous episode oh, where they right. were there for uh, 84 days straight, I had a half a day. <laughs> Uh, out there, which was fine with me. <laughs> that was the day everybody was convinced we weren't going to make, right? And oh yeah, yeah no, they right. we had a discussion about should we drop the gas station entirely? Oh my hmm. god, because of the difficulties of shooting out there. But uh, I moved forward. With, yeah. There was a good game plan in place that uh, my ID, Rich Sickler, uh, he he wasn't there the day we shot it, but he had basically drawn up a a game plan of of where we go, what order to do things. Mm. For you know, we're talking to Marshall where the sun would be, what would be, you know, we just sort of had it all the dominoes set up and we just knocked them down one at a time and got out of there by lunch <laughs> and to move on to the next scene. Yeah, mm. yeah. and it's also it, one thing that I find intriguing about these two scenes. If you look closely, Kim's side flips, Kim and Jimmy flip in in, epi in last season. Kim was on the left, Jimmy's on the right. And this oh, is that season, right? This season, this season, it. this season, it's the other that way was, around. I mean, yeah, that was just because seen. I want again wanting to start with the sun and the phone, mm -hmm. and Jimmy searching for a signal, then find Kim sitting alone at home, smoking in her apartment, mm -hmm. looking at her phone, wondering what the hell happened to him. Is he dead? Is he ever going to call me? Mm -hmm. Is his phone ever going to ring? Um, so that was the only reason to have that. I think we did it the other way in the previous season. It was. Where you because of where you guys lie in bed. That's right. And we wanted to have yes. Kim on her side and Jimmy on that hers. That one had more where we are actually physically in the same space, but yes. doing but in different mind states. Yes. And then also where we stand at the sink all the time to brush our teeth is a That's right. specific mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. 
Your recall of things is phenomenal. I would not say that, given you guys. I, like, I, well, your I, well, well, we, but we watch this stuff over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. No, and we you, haven't seen it. You have to yet. do it, be in the moment, and then, you know, fill your brain up with new. I mean, I, Bob talked about that um, on the. Uh, the 507 podcast, he has to erase it from, you know, the memory to yeah. like make room for new stuff. And I'm, I'm impressed with your recall. I have them, but they, uh, my my issue more is conflating scenes and episodes and not always knowing chronologically when they happen. Because for me, it feels like we shot uh, a 10 hour movie. Right. I don't necessarily know the demarcations between each of them. But as soon as somebody starts talking about the experience, I'm like, oh, right, yes. Like, I can actually physically remember standing there and that happening. I guess it's kind of like real life. I mean, we things that happen in our lives, sometimes we remember them, we misremember yes. them as happening before yes. other things or other things. And there's also, uh, for instance, my side of it was not, was shot, some of it was shot later, later. Didn't we do some of it at the very end of the season? We did, yeah, because we ran out of time. Yeah. And um, this was the episode where a. a not that the squirrel caused all of our problems, but a squirrel got into the transformer yeah, at stage so and crazy. took all the power out. Like a quarter of Albuquerque. It was like dark. We only <laughs> lost crazy. an hour of time, oh. to be honest, but it somehow threw <laughs> everything off from me. But uh, There was some, lightning some, as well. Some of the you scenes, some of the scenes oh, got pushed man. to lightning pick up. Lightning, lightning was the story of this season. Right? I mean, now that, we were, yeah. that we're up to 509 here, uh, I mean, every scene out at Acker's house they would have shutdowns, uh, you know, lightning and shutdowns for hours because but if not there's lightning shutdowns, sadly. no, well, no. And I we, just... and we talked about how amazing <laughs> it was in five Oh three that you were withstanding this like wh whipping wind beating on you. Millions it, of tiny razor blades going in your eyeballs <laughs> and down your throat. The second you try to speak, it's unbelievable. <laughs> oh boy. It's it, well. I mean, even that's even but more it would, like, a testament down, to your performance. And then they'd say rolling, and then it would start. <laughs> well, of course, that's the earth. Do you think? Do Kim and Jimmy smoke in that apartment on the regular, or is this more no, of a stress I, thing? I thought about that yeah. as a previous smoker, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm sad to admit that I was, but happy to admit that I quit a long time ago. Um, I never smoked in my house. I never wanted my house to smell like smoke, especially because I smoked in the same way Kim does, where it was about getting away from people and needing a minute to myself. So it wasn't about like, oh, I'm going to wake up with a ashtray full of nine butts in it next to my bed. <laughs> it was about removing myself from situations and um, being yeah, outside. I thought that so was I thought it was just an important, important part of the scene yeah. to show, see her sure. smoking in a place that she's ne we've never seen her smoke before. And Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's visceral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another challenge of this, you know, from a DP point of view, I decided to put a 90 degree snorkel in a, in a fish tank, which causes lighting problems because you need a lot of light for these snorkel being the camera arm the, the, the snorkel a snorkel is a very long thin lens uh, oh yes it's waterproof and it okay. can dip into right. the water and we had it in a fish tank so i could do the shot of you walking behind the, uh, it, the fish. right it's and, like, and it's tom like wanted a, the fish to be crossing and this happened in another scene as well that tom wanted the fish remember it, it would refuse to come from one side whatever side you guys chose to shoot on it would only go to the other side well, i wanted nothing to do with that lens either like i mean <laughs> no. so you dropped something into the tank it was like and uh, in an I'll imbecilic fashion many of us tried yeah. to go here fishy fishy <laughs> like <laughs> ever possible 
possibly fish wrangling. It's not true. The fish was renegotiating its contract, and it was like, look, I'm not going to appear on screen. So to get the shot that's actually on screen, we probably just rolled for 10 minutes straight, just waiting for that fish yeah. and be yelling, okay, Ray, walk. No, go back. Okay. Yeah, totally. Okay. I'm supposed no, to be pacing it in the moment, and he's like, we, I, the fish dictated all of my acting. It paid off. It's, it's, it, it is, it's perfectly timed. It uh, is. Amazingly. I, I saw some of that. And that real, that's that a shot. real rattlesnake. It is a real rattlesnake. Yeah, we had a, you know, a lot of safety issues. Uh, I've learned that uh, when you have a rattlesnake on a hill, it'll, it'll go uphill. <laughs> it wants to, it wants to go uphill. Oh, so, really? Uh, yeah, and of course we had our actors uphill from the snake. So I was thinking, oh, we're going to get Bob or uh, hopefully Jonathan Banks bitten by a rattlesnake, but it didn't, <laughs> didn't happen on camera. <laughs> Sorry, maybe next time. <laughs> yeah, they, I was in the uh, production office when uh, the rattlesnake wrangler brought. The rattlesnake in more or less snake a giant named legs. Really, more or less a giant piece of Tupperware, and the snake wasn't happy to be there, <laughs> uh, and I could tell because uh, it was rattling. And one of our first questions was, "Well, it's like the snake's like uh, defanged or something. It's safe. It's safe." Like, and the wrangler's like, "No, it's like, don't they take <laughs> no. the poison out of no, it? Like, no, no don't we don't do that. Out. No, 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 we don't do any of that. Which is, <laughs> it's a snake." Uh, so well, there you go. So right in your in your teaser, you have every every director likes uh, working with animals. Mm. Uh, so you had two 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 animals right 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 up front. And the, the snake was honestly probably easier than the than the fish. <laughs> well, fish have learned you know over the thousands of years that when someone says here, fishy fishy, come here, <laughs> nothing good nothing good happens. Right, you know, so I, I think that's we ought true. to take our account take into account our. Uh, History, long history with fish. Uh, when I unfortunately had to run away for a second, um, did you guys talk at all about the this uh, new version of the Lola Marsh version of we something We only stupid? talked about you. Perfect. We talked about yeah. you and the, how I, unprofessional we, we, this whole thing was. We're having, in, in the apartment that we live in, we're having an electrical problem. Oh, and let's talk about that. And the day they could do it was today <laughs> while I'm here, so I was, I was arranging. Anyway, it's all... I liked it's my like, explanation better, I, which perfect. you'll hear. You'll oh, hear, I'll event, this, you'll I'll hear eventually. Out. Yeah, we ha we gave uh, our explanations for where you were. That's perfect. Uh, I hope it's better than the real thing. Um, we did not talk about the new musical version. No, yeah. Jen Carroll came in and tried to take over for you and just said, tell us about the oatmeal bath, which was a little hard for us to transition. <laughs> you really jumped us right ahead, Jen. Holy cow. Hey, look, Jen, she's trying to keep us on schedule. Uh, um, so the song, yeah, different version of the song. Is that it's, what yeah. So you know that version, which we talked at length about on the podcast, um, and I'm, I believe there have been articles about it too. We we had an alternate version of the song, and we played around with it, and, and like things just weren't working the way that they needed to. And so uh, Thomas Skulovich went back to Lola Marsh, the group that, <clears throat> excuse me. The group that had did the the group that did the the version from last season, mm. and they did a, a a series of new versions with the picture that we had cut really? to to accommodate what we wanted it to do to wow. to have to be very Which is really interesting. And down. What, is, what you hear is a series of instruments building one upon the other. So it starts minimal with just guitar, and then you get hand claps, and it there's a, a, a new layer added with each. As the picture progresses, a new mm. layer of sound, so that by by the time it cuts off, when when Jimmy gets his signal, it's a funny moment for me because the, the yes. music sounds like it's building to this great thing, and all of a sudden it goes, 
yeah. dead. Oh, yeah. interesting. I, I liked the way that this one was very funny to me, as sad as it is coming is it? out of 408. Oh, interesting. I, Given well, what we shot, are, I wouldn't guess that. I mean, because there are well, a lot Kim's of side is not s- funny, but somehow <clears throat> you juxtapose against what's mm-hmm. happening with Jimmy and the drinking, oh, that's cool. drinking of the pee and the... Yes, and, uh, you know, just the Cause they're, the two of them just walking through the desert and hell. Yeah, <laughs> going through their own hell. <laughs> yeah, there's something is amusing about it, especially when he gets the signal. Yes, and when he turns back and shows it to Mike that I have a signal, it's 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 a laugh for me. Okay, well, it's, cool. it's also the cut, the cut out of it, which I think is so powerful. One of the great things that Lola Marsh did was to record it, record the song as if it was going to keep going. It's 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 still building when you cut it off, and that that cut. Because it's so abrupt, uh, it's just it's funny yeah. because it's it, you're kind of in the middle of this spell, this is sort of romantic spell, and then bam, it's gone in an instant, uh, which I just I just I, I'm fascinated by. I love that. I, I'm I'm always I, I feel like I have a, a not necessarily a preference, but a fascination with like really abrupt cuts mm-hmm. and real you know, abrupt cuts and and abrupt sound cuts. Our theme music and, and things yeah. like that. Like yeah, that. makes uh, me laugh every it's time. What, uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Diane Mercer calls that an upcut. Um, really? And, and uh, it's, I, I, I I don't know why that that's that's something that I I really enjoy. There's there's too much to talk about in this episode. Well, I mean, we have our, we have our DP here. I want to want to focus on some good technical questions. Absolutely about this or artistic questions having to do with with uh, Marshall. Uh, absolutely, I'm chopped liver. Absolutely, Tom, yeah, way. right. Yeah. How about I've, that? I've, I've, amazing. I've really heard enough from you, Ray. Right? <laughs> Justice say. Marshall. Oh, you're gonna talk. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not talking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I, I have technical questions, so go with yours. The unique challenge, I thought, of the final act of this episode, which is sort of like a one-act play. It's this, it's like it's oh, 17 right. yeah. minutes long or something. You And, and the, the, the entire episode, the act breaks, uh, we, you know, we had to add act breaks for air on television because there are certain... Um, you know, got parameters that that you know between commercials that that, that have to that how long the acts can be, and it was all done in the service of keeping this as one piece because the power of it comes from having it be this one uninterrupted moment in all of their lives when it 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 really to keep that tension from the moment Kim gets home to the moment Lalo leaves. And by that you don't mean like there's no cuts. You just mean not going to another story. Correct, and not go, not not, not going allowing to yeah, and not allowing any break because uh, it, it really it's really as soon as Kim gets home in it, but it feels because mm. it starts this this argument between Kim and Jimmy, and then Mike keeps calling and he calls and he's and he's barking orders at Jimmy, and then Lalo shows up with a gun. And he's terrifying. And the whole time, and Tom and I talked a lot about this, the whole time you're feeling what is going to happen to Kim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my biggest hope of writing writing the scene, directing it, that everybody thinks that, that Kim is not going to come out of this right. alive. And I was putting like little clues throughout the episode Kim with the oranges. Everybody, everybody likes to find these things that mean, oh, a character's going to die, like the, the oranges from The Godfather. I didn't uh, get it until you told me. And then we did that with uh, 
uh, Ted Beneke in Breaking Bad. You know, he he runs and trips and knocks over a bowl of oranges and mm. basically breaks his breaks his neck and he's put out of commission. So <laughs> have the oranges having having uh, Kim looking through the the mug with the bullet hole and you know as, as almost like a sight directed mm-hmm. on her, just feeling like that. You know, and then you have she's done for. This, well, then you have the crosshairs on me when I keep walking. That's right. Oh yeah, and and Mike looking through his scope and uh-huh. you being in direct line between Lalo right. and and Mike's gun is just yeah. I um I hope it works for everyone. Uh, I I love it, and 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 that's all that matters. No, that <laughs> I I really I really I really do love the sequence a lot, and it and it um I. I you know, we wanted to protect it as much I mean, as possible. When I saw your cut, I was I was thrilled. So well, you, you, you. you did amazing the all, all season, have. but particularly on this episode, I thought. Oh, thanks. well done. I the question I have about that is as from as a what a shooting challenge to a keep the momentum and the energy up while they're like they do a lot of moving around that apartment. This this apartment that we've seen many times. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think was there. Did you do cross coverage in the kitchen area? No, or were those that I was don't individual? Think so. Yeah, I don't think so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, cross coverage is for is for for cowards. Yeah, um, <laughs> Michael Morris. I hope you're listening <laughs> to this <laughs> no, um, podcast. But I, I just I couldn't remember. It's been a, been a little bit since we we cut that. But just talk about the challenges of a of figuring out how to move them through this space that again that we've seen but shooting it in a in a different way and every time we shoot this kitchen it's it's i feel like we're seeing a new side of it mm-hmm. and we're seeing it kind of through a new lens uh but also the challenges no of, it's actually a different kitchen we have a budget for we do a different oh, kitchen man, each knew, time yeah. not also, everyone notices yeah, it but it is also, a different kitchen. and it's a different lens <laughs> We That's never use the same lens Kim's. twice. That's correct. We don't in fact, use the same Kim twice. Oh, is that a different no, game? Well, they no, are no. really. I was tired. We got some great Kims this tired. year. That's my question too: is why we just throw out each lens after we do a shot? <laughs> it seems like that's an expensive piece. I feel like. Maybe, Greek maybe celebration. We, sh- we just smash it yeah, and then yeah. we go to the next throw The lens it steals your soul. Marshall likes to grab it from the camera and throw it over his shoulder. The question, the other question that I have about that is that. Apartment is a set on us in a studio, mm-hmm. yeah. but the exterior is a real place, oh. and and what <laughs> and we know. are oh. we are marrying. <laughs> Does he not want us to say that? No, no, no. <laughs> He's just it, 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 no, it but, brings but him pain. You're, you're, this episode we're hitting a we're hitting a, we're hitting a personal pain point for Peter. Peter's personal pain points. It's a this is another. Po- There's another podcast. Just shooting real exteriors? Uh, no, <laughs> because the real exterior does not match up with the set that was built. Oh, I knew that was a problem with the balcony and so the yeah, where like, Mike is seeing. Uh, yeah. Right? So when we come up with this idea of having Mike looking through a scope through a window, what is he seeing? It's it's a little tricky because we don't want to give away that they don't match. So mm-hmm. it was just a matter of keeping. Mike's scope confined to a window and not really being able to tell where we are in space mm. as he's looking through. Just How be, far away just did you to have be, to get? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You oh, go, so go, you go. You, you go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I'll just say just to be clear why this doesn't these the, the set does not match the location. Just for a moment, uh, the way this set evolved is really strange and has been taken a long time because season one, all we saw of Kim's apartment was her bed and a stationary bicycle, which we actually shot in oh, a... Oh, I remember where we door- were. Where were we, Ray? 
We are in an abandoned storefront two doors down from the nail salon. Yeah, right. And uh-huh. it's just yeah. and we of just, my bed floating in space. And it, it was a scheduling purpose. That was my episode, episode 103. And it was just a scheduling thing. It was like, when are we going to shoot the scene? Oh, it sort of fits with when we shoot the nail salon. Right. We have some time. So let's just set up a two-wall set yeah. so over Kim here in this abandoned, for a little while. <laughs> abandoned store. And, and then season two, we had... Kim's bedroom mm-hmm. and the bathroom, which was uh, that was Tony Fanning was our was our uh, production designer on the mm-hmm. first two seasons, and then season three we saw a little bit more of the apartment, uh, and that was Michael Novotny was our production designer. So we're up to okay th- mm. three production th- three production designers or two, and then finally season four we saw the whole apartment and we could see outside the windows because we we built a we built it with a. Uh, with a, a scenic outside the windows. And we had a scene and on the balcony outside. That's, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's, a, and we had a scene on the balcony outside, although that was Judy Ree and she built it with a, with a balcony outside. Mm-hmm. So we we're actually able to shoot a scene on the balcony. And then so each season and, and going through this journey now, uh, and, and this season, of course, our brilliant production designers, Mark Freeborn, each, and in fact, we changed the layout of the apartment a little bit from season to season. Just a little bit, and so this 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 whole apartment kind of it, it was it was very unintended. And we, in fact, we picked the exterior. I think we did pick we picked the exterior maybe season two or three. So it was just there was a it was all a kind of jigsaw puzzle. And the truth is that the windows uh, and this is this was always a, a a pain point for me. The windows just don't the the pattern of windows is completely different uh, on the set than on the location. Uh, and uh, the only thing that made me feel better sometimes was when I remembered back to how the White House on Breaking Bad, the backyard especially, did not match the inside of the house at all. Really? And in fact, oh, there's clearly a fireplace yes. on the relocation, and yes. there's no fireplace on the set. And also, it's clearly a house. Nobody notices. A, so. Clearly, a house built on a concrete pad that somehow manages to have a wooden crawl space. <laughs> uh, so, so that I would just, I would always think back to that, or I, somebody would see me tearing my hair out, and and would remind me that what we had gotten away with before. Uh, but I, it still worried me. It's worried me great. And I remember we had this com- This was not a conversation that waited until production. In while we were uh, breaking this episode, uh, the idea came up of having Mike because we had the idea for the scene, and then um, I, th- I I never like to attribute things in the writers' room because it's 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 a it's a slippery slope. But I believe that it was Tom's idea that Mike should be outside with the. Uh, with a sniper rifle. And if it wasn't you, Tom, I apologize to whoever's it's, idea it was. Again, it's that hive mind thing. But, I don't I don't remember who says what anymore. But that switched it up. And I, the first thing I said was, wait, oh, well, we're going to have this problem with matching this, that. And I, will, I, will, I will say I always was confident that we would pull it off. Yeah, well, I was confident because... Uh, uh, because you were directing it. And I felt, I just felt, uh, I have such uh, faith in, in time. Because it's, it's, as a director, it, we, we, if it were a guest director, we'd be very hesitant to box 
him or her into shooting mm. a certain way. In other words, I'm more comfortable if it's one of us from the writer's room saying, we can do this or that and it'll just be a one wall set. Or we can do this or that and we just, we'll just figure so we don't have to turn around. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have a guest director, you just don't want to tie their hands that way. Mm. Uh, anyway, that's that, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris, I interrupted you, but I wanted to explain why I was groaning. I got <laughs> it. Well, Marshall, how it wasn't because I was I don't touching actually, him even though, even though I was there, I don't actually know how you pulled off the, the sniper sights on me because we had to match where I am in the window, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. was he outside the, did you put the camera outside our set or did we you go to did. the exterior actually, location and put a camera? You, yeah, so because so, we had just wrapped uh, the Swikert and Coakley set. And uh, if I remember correctly, that was uh, my B camera operator, Matt Cradle, Cardinal. up in a scissor lift up through the ceiling of oh, the conference right. room of Schweikert and Coakley, <laughs> uh, shooting, uh, yeah, on a really extremely long lens through the balcony. Wow. We had to pull the backing back, which was a little tricky because um, it's, uh, it's a different kind of material. It's kind of a stretchy material. It needs to be pulled tight all the time. So it was, uh, so we, yeah, we had pulled that back and uh, we turned Matt loose with the with a long lens and pretend it was a sniper rifle. It was really, it was a really cool shot, actually. It was a lot of fun. But you had already shot the exterior of Jonathan doing it, right? Because I well, feel like that's... you guys were telling me something about... Actually, we didn't shoot the ex- exterior with you never sh- That was one of the last days on the, on the oh, Okay. Because I feel like it was something... What was it that if I were... You, the... We were... The scene for 10... Ooh, oh. uh, te- teasing you on 10. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> Edit Teasy, point. T- Teasy 10. Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay. Uh, can I ask Marshall a question? Yeah, no, please. I did. So, Marshall, you have this, I mean, it's it's a long scene, and uh, Tom has been off rehearsing with the actors, and now you're you're watching more rehearsal. What are you thinking while you're watching the rehearsal what is what is what is going through your head as you're watching as you're watching the actors uh rehearse in once this, all three in this, of us are in, in, the, once in the space a lot of things there are uh things about which where the lights are and how they would affect where they are in each position uh which side of the line we're going to approach from you know so the backgrounds and the cutting works and also uh one of the things about that scene which was really different was the was the tension in there, which is something that we've really never felt in there, uh, we, you know, bringing uh, Lalo up there. So um, there was a bit of a sense that we were going to try to make it a little bit darker, a little bit scarier, a little bit more uh, ramped up, a little bit. So anyway, so uh, so that was that was part of it. And so yeah, we were we were talking through all of the positions and and how we were going to attack it, and you know. Essentially, it was really interesting what you did with the lamps on the sides of the sofas, because they're all three of them sitting around each other, and you had to, you decided to do what? <laughs> uh, actually, that was uh, yeah during the first setup that one of the lamps, uh, the lampshade, we put a um, a clear bulb in it, so it has a very sharp shadow, and we raised the lamp just enough so that the shade would cut both Lalo and uh, and Bob across their faces where they were sitting. So uh, mm. another wow. happy basically element. altering the set. Just a little bit. I mean, it's brilliant to to create sh- these interesting shadows. I just loved it. Hmm. I mean, nobody you don't know you don't look at the scene and think, oh, the lamp is higher than it no, usually is. Definitely not. And when did you when do you figure that out? Is that something that 
that you think about when you're reading the script, or is it when does you'd have it, to see the blocking to get it, yeah, it right? just depends depends on the, that particular thing. Uh, that was actually during yeah, that was during the blocking during the more, it might have even been during one of the first rehearsals. Uh, I realized that you know that it was. The potential was there, and Steve had the bulb, and you know somebody ran to the truck, and we made sure that it would work on the stand-ins. It was, and it it was such just, a help. Somehow, production carved out time for the actors and myself and Marshall to just go on the set and rehearse the scene. Which, mm-hmm. my God, I can't even tell you how much time that saves of, of getting yeah. every, everyone knowing where they're going to be in the scene, so that we come in in over two days, shoot the entirety of the scene. That's um, what I always wonder is how you guys keep the same energy over mm-hmm. two days of doing that over and over and over again. But uh, I mean, it's you- hard, but at the same time, the um, it's infinitely easier than when you're not allowed to have any rehearsal. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, yeah. I, I, I'll, 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 yeah. Bob, that's why Bob and I, like, of course we'll come in for mm. a rehearsal and do it and 15 it- times because... Um, you get to really find the scene, ask your questions, knew all that, and it, and it, and then, uh, and then it saves time when you get there. Um, of course, emotional scenes can get um, exhausting. Not so much mentally, like oh my god, I have to do it again. It's your body when you make yourself feel a lump in your throat because of what you've decided to play in the scene, or make yourself um, be as still as you can so you don't get shot. You're tensing your actual body. So at the end of the day, I was sore because my body has no idea that we're playing pretend <laughs> like, um but That's other than that no i like that i like i like another run in it i i i i like it and tom's great tom's great at not just you never feel like somebody's asking you to do it 20 times um just to uh hope they find something great and then i'll keep no. it it's like he has he has um, I, I always feel like like i know i know when i get it but i always ask our actors do you want to do something different? Do you want to do another one? And a lot of times they will find something even greater. And it, I always thank God that I, that I asked them with their opinion if they want to do it again. And if they say yes, I know they got something else inside that they want to try to work out. And it's uh, it's always a good thing to just always. Yeah, you did that with the, um, the phone call when Jimmy finally calls. I remember. And we had to do that in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And you were great about trying to protect it so that it wasn't so isolated that I couldn't have any of the emotions we had when we did the rest of the mm-hmm. montage earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got it and it was exhausting to like, it's uh, to, to drop, to, to be fine and then let something out immediately with no ramp. And you and I thought we, ha- you were like, you're great. You're, uh, it's awesome. I got everything I want. We can move on. And normally I want to tell myself, don't ask for another <laughs> actors are sometimes afraid to ask for another take. Mm-hmm. Really? Because, when really? everyone's ready and you're like, no, 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 I want another take. There's a variety of reasons. You could have a dictator, director, or something like that. But in a, in a supportive environment like ours, you still get afraid because you're basically announcing to everyone, wait you get a load of what I'm about to do. <laughs> like you're saying, I have uh, another idea oh, that's better than us a, moving on. <laughs> I'm going to blow your mind <laughs> right? on this and next like, one. By the yeah. way, nine times out of ten, and we all know this, it's not that different. It's like, oh, okay, so glad we waited for that. Um <laughs> So if it's about hope I can finally act in this one, I try to suppress that. <laughs> but in this case, I said, I think we got the tragedy of the scene, but what if it shouldn't it be barely tinted towards relief? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is sorrowful, but it is finally being able to breathe. It's coming up out of being underwater. Um, and you said, yes, yes, yes. And Marshall um, is always amazing. Our whole crew is amazing. If any of us ever say like, no, 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 I, I really need to try something. And it ended and up being any, what you said. You it's not even, I, I ask our actors, I ask our camera operators a lot. Do you, sure. you want to 
do something. Do you want to try it again? I remember Matt Cradle, who operated during that scene in the teaser you're talking about. Yeah. When we, he got a take and he said that that had everything I wanted in it, and that just gives you such relief because he's looking through the lens and he's seeing it in a way that when I'm looking on a monitor, it's just different. Mm-hmm. He's he's seeing, he's he's looking at magic in a, in a different way than I am on a monitor. And right. having your camera operator say say I, that felt really good is is okay. like as a referred director, that's like oh thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, Matt, Rob. Uh, your A camera, your B camera op, and and also Marshall are uh, it's it's incredible the way you guys watch the story. It's not separated from the story the actors are trying to tell or the directors trying to tell, but it is it is it's a different kind of magic. Yeah, I would say that's true of the whole crew on, on this show more than anything I've ever been involved in. They're so involved in the story and and part of the storytelling and truly really I, aware I agree. of making sure that that we have to service the story first, you know? Yeah, and Everything celebrating that this is a collaborative art form. Yeah, really. You know, that's yes. how we're all supposed to be doing this. <laughs> uh, Marshall, along those lines, I mean, sort of building on this conversation, in the same location earlier in the episode, in the kitchen, there's this whole other scene, this daytime scene, where Jimmy, still you know, riddled with PTSD, comes and Kim's got the juicer up and... and Talk a little bit about creating the mood and the, f- the different feeling with the way that you guys shot that particular scene. Because that sequence, it's, it's really dynamic, considering it's just a one person standing behind the counter, the other person mm-hmm. sitting at the counter, and yet it's so subjective. There's so much going on in that scene. So talk a little bit about the process of creating. Well, that, no, I mean, you know, a lot of that, I should turn a lot of that over to Tom. And that was, you know, he had some amazing ideas about that. But one of the things I remember was, uh, we actually started with the juicer, right? Cause we were at, uh, at another we, location. At a scene, which a scene we'll, that was we'll cut out, uh, uh, just because of time. Uh, we had some downtime between setups and we decided to set this juicer up at, uh, Nacho's, apartment which you see there's like a snippet of it in the left in the episode unfortunately uh nothing it was only a a time constraint that unfortunately and hopefully it's going to be on the blu-ray it's a fantastic sequence and it's extra everybody knocked out of the park and it it hurt to cut it but it was like there was just it it was the one scene that could be lifted and not really affect the rest of the story but anyway in in between setups we had our juicer and we just decided to do these cool inserts with a snorkel lens and getting close-ups of juice coming out of the juicer and have, putting a lens right inside the juicer and having seen oranges ground up and that's all, that stuff's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy that. <laughs> Actually, because of that location, that location is, you know, it's so tight and it's a practical location that it's really difficult to get a second camera doing interesting angles. So, you know, it left Matt available to, uh, to shoot right. the heck out of that juicer mm-hmm. and we got some really amazing stuff. But, but that being said, then... Um, Lighting wise, you know, it's a it's a it's a morning scene. It's more fully lit. Flip side of, of what happens later on, but uh, uh, which I loved all yeah. that like that morning light up for me felt very much like for Kim. It's like it's a new day. Let's do this, and Jimmy's somewhere else. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> She's completely. Like, right? Have yeah. cereal, yeah. okay? <laughs> but uh, and Tom had this amazing idea. I don't know if you want to give it away, but uh, it's still one of my favorites because I've done a lot of crazy stuff with cameras but we actually we put both cameras side by side on the same head lined them up to the oh, right. s- almost identical frames and uh and you know, explain that because i'm not just, sure i totally understood what you guys and were I, doing. it was basically stealing from the best which in my mind is breaking bad 
uh, Kelly Dixon in an episode 410, Peter's, Peter and Jenny's episode, um, Jesse's in the middle of a shootout with somebody and she took the image of Jesse and flipped it and cut back and forth between the two to give this chaotic sense of, of shooting. So I thought, well, I'm not going to just do that again. I'm not going to take Jimmy, take Jimmy's image and just flip it and cut back and forth. Something was interesting to me about getting two cameras lined up in almost the same shot. So when you cut between them, the, the, the close-up image almost remains the same, but the background shifts dramatically. Huh. Um, so that when you cut back and forth between them rapidly, it just you're, you're watching it and you're thinking, what just what had just happened? What is you, somehow you're in Jimmy's mind without really understanding what is going on? Mm-hmm. I think everybody uh, can associate you know associate with it to a certain extent in the way that. Uh, you recognize it from opening and closing your eyes. If yeah. you, you know, if you if you open one eye or the mm-hmm. other, it's almost and essentially yeah. what we were building was a three mm-hmm. D rig, uh, but it it allowed him to have a different background that they could intercut. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, and I came to Marshall saying, "Oh, I want to put the two cameras next to next to each other," and somehow you went off and created this two headed rig that I was like, "Wow, what is?" And it was all very, you know, you had this. Charts and measuring and lining up things in a very wow. specific and then he way. Threw it away. It's crazy. <laughs> Just threw, tossed, tossed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, because it was important that the frames, you know, because you you want the 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 cameras to cross in the in the same position. So, you know, where Jimmy is. So you want him to be relatively in the same spot mm-hmm. in the frame, but uh, but the background. And this was it is, so that, it is a three D rig, isn't that called it's a, convergence it's exactly, or something like that? Exactly yeah, what it is. And this wow. was the end of the day, and I had wanted to do this shot and a sh- overhead shot. Uh, on a on a rig with a camera spinning to have the room spinning, uh, and it was like I had to pick one, and thank God I picked <laughs> doing oh the two God. the thank two heads goodness. instead of the overhead spinning rig. Yeah, it really puts you in Jimmy's head, which is uh, really, as a producer, you're like, like they had you're to doing rent what he's doing. Rent this, uh, you had to rent the whole arm, right? Or, yeah, yeah, we had to crane, yeah, the crane and, and and bring it in and rent it, and I was like, well, I know we spent the money on it, but we're not going to use <laughs> use it. Let's do the do the close-up because you were just in Jimmy's head so much more in what we did with the two cameras next to each other as opposed to, a, a, you know, a, basically a gimmick. It. it it's it's I mean it's it, that's a perfect example of, of of the truth of filmmaking, which is that the thing that's really expensive is time. That's the thing that's always in mm. short supply. You can, uh, you know, we're in this wonderful position where we can get pretty much. You know the pieces of equipment that we need. I mean, I'm always, always being, trying to be uh, uh, smart about smart it. Smart yeah. about it. And that's what we were talking earlier about. Uh, the things that you do, we're asking the actors, "Do you want another take?" Or asking the camera operator. Do, that's, in some ways, that's the, the director, especially having to fight his or her instincts, because your instinct is. Oh my God! I'm, it's all about it's all a game of beat the clock, right. tick 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 tick, and then so but you have to take a breath and take the time with your collaborators mm. to make sure that they're uh, everybody's because if you didn't get it, cool. then it's just you just wasted yes. the whole. What's lot of time. the point? What's the point in doing something yeah. if yeah. you didn't get it? Yeah, exactly. sure, I got a take of it, but if, yes. if it wasn't right, then what is I mean, why move? You can't move. Yes. On. No, and I've shot things that they go so fast for budget and time. But I ask myself the same question, like, what, why, why make it at all? If we're not going to get, like, the right shot of the right performance, right. like, who cares how fast it was? Yeah, but that's the story of our life. So that means that all this, the difficult toy-involved shots wait to the very end, and oftentimes you run out of time sure. because they're, uh, they, they can be gravy here and there. 
Well, we we want gravy. It's yeah, just, of you know, if, you know, the, the, the Thanksgiving's nothing without gravy. So we gotta have <laughs> we gotta have some gravy. It goes a long way too, like with the collaborative art aspect we're talking about. It goes a long way to make everybody feel like uh, they their contribution matters, and that um, that you would like them to feel okay as well. I mean, you feel respected for sure when somebody's asking you, like, "Are you fine to move on?" Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because absolutely. I, I mean, from my point of view, nobody on the set knows their job. Better, you know, the DP, you know, I'm going to ask Marshall, was that good? Mm-hmm. Was that, did that work for you? I'm going to ask the actors who know their characters. Is yeah. that, does that, is it working for you? I, I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to move on without feel, feeling, Sound. if somebody's Everybody feeling like I didn't is. do something like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, assistant camera, if they didn't feel like they quite got the focus, then I want to know from them, yeah. let's do this again. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's, you know, it's a matter of, of millimeters sometimes. Yeah. It's like sometimes we have these long lenses and it's like, I can do better. If a if a, if a, if a if a assistant camera says to me, I can do better. I'm doing it again. Right. I right. mean, that's but, it. I. But and also, but I mean, I don't think that you know because it's such a uh, a sporting event almost that you know there's so many people involved in in the teamwork that everybody's always going to in every take is going to have something that they would want to do slightly differently. But you have to choose how important they are and. Uh, uh, so that's what you know when they're when they're really special and when they really work. That's that's yeah, what makes it great. Yeah, yeah and I mean we all judge, have to calibrate ourselves. Call. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's a judgment call yourself as well um, because we have a lot of perfectionists who are really skilled on the set. <laughs> and um, like I said, you got to suppress it sometimes. It's like, mm, do I want another take because I actually have an idea, or do I want another take just because? I'm feeling like I, I want to make sure I knock it out of the park, and that mm-hmm. that day might not come. And the, <laughs> so I got to let as, go. And the, all the directors have will know that you're sort of editing in your head, and sometimes you just know. Somebody says I didn't quite get that part, and you know, you said yeah because of time. You're like, I'm not. I'm okay because I'm using this section of film. Mm-hmm. Let's, oh yeah. Let's move on. You know, sometimes yeah. you can. I have definitely you had can that make that moment of like, yeah. yeah. Terry McDonough would explain that sometimes to me because he's a very technical editing mm-hmm. um, director. And Bob and I discussed that it was interesting that he and I would struggle. I remember it was the very long nail salon scene, and it was Terry, and then later Colin Buxy and Bob and I uh, were originally trained and came up as live performers, and so it's very hard. I can't do a play and have somebody go like. Monday night, scene three was fantastic. <laughs> and on Thursday, scene seven was good. Like, it's alarming for mm-hmm. the entire take to not be good. It's alarming to yes. people who have ever performed live. So you do have to be told sometimes, like, no, 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 no. the whole we beginning is in another yeah. take. Don't, this one, you nailed the end, and I already mm-hmm. got the middle. That's, so that's, forget To me, it's one of the biggest jobs as being a director of knowing that you have the scene. It may not be all in that one particular scene, but yeah. you well, that's have. because you mean it, though. Yeah, <laughs> because you know we know we know as you know as as technicians and artists that uh, that if somebody says that 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 you know they you you've got their support they're right. they're gonna they're gonna back you up on right, it, you know, which is not necessarily the case in other places. True. <laughs> well, and you need that kind of culture of of uh, respect and sensitivity to to do a lot of the things that we do on this show. I have a question for both of you actually. Um, this season, we've seen a lot more physicality from both Jimmy and Kim. There's mm-hmm. been, I mean, Bob in this episode, uh, Jimmy is, you know, nude in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Bob has been nude. Then, of course, in, in Seven, Kim and Jimmy had this this very passionate scene together. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the challenges uh, as an actor and as a cinematographer in shooting some of these scenes in confined spaces with sensitive conditions on a set? 
Do you want to speak to that? <laughs> well, you start. <laughs> um, everything that we're talking about, the trust and the uh, artistic collaboration, and um, Marshall is very dear to me on and off set, uh, as, as are the camera operators. And um, I, uh, and everybody, the entire crew, so I couldn't have felt safer to, uh, I haven't done a lot of scenes with partial nudity at, at all. Um, or full full nudity was the first time, fully topless. Um, so yeah, the trust goes a long way. That being said, the rawness of this episode, what she decides to do to walk up to Lalo, um, the uh, Tom's other episode, uh, the argument that ends in a desperate possible marriage proposal, mm-hmm. those are actually even harder um, Bronwyn Hughes's episode, the uh, the first one of this one, season, yeah. we did the stairwell reaction to Kim realizing I just did something I didn't want to do and how do I feel about myself and what does it mean? We did it 30 different ways that went all the way to like almost mm-hmm. vomiting, kicking the briefcase down the stairs. Um, there were very small reactions. That is when, and now I might like cry, that's when the trust of all of these guys, the material they're trusting me with, and then the support system you feel when you get to the stage um, is it's it's everything because I I totally trust that I can um, do all the modulations and they have my back. I am I am never going to be made to feel a fool of for trying something. And if we uh, go ahead and jump and it's uh, authentic and lovely but wrong for the story, then we're going to find another way. Um, you feel not just trusted but encouraged to push yourself to a place that can very much end up with egg on your face and it's going to be fine because everyone there still thinks you're great that's awesome and knows how you feel huh? right? i mean that's that's and knows how you feel to a certain extent yes, i mean yes it's a, everyone there has uh, tried something yeah. and it didn't work or they didn't pull it off or whatever or or it was great but it got cut like i mean I, that's what makes this environment so special i mean I, you know I, it comes from the top i you guys you know enable everybody to do their best work and and bring something yes. to the table and offer it up that they wouldn't necessarily do someplace else or feel the the uh, the freedom to do and uh, and that I think is what makes you know this show as special in a lot of ways as it can because everybody in every department is is bringing their A game yeah. all the time and 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 trying new things and right. and you know willing right. to fail. Yes. I, I would just say that Jonathan Banks is not always bringing his A game. Though, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of B and C game from him. You know, anyway. technically, in the small room shooting the nudity scenes, I will say technically, um, Marshall. Bob, I'm trying to think. It was. It wasn't. Um, no, it wasn't Matt. Uh, who was? Was it? Was it A or B that was uh, right? Like needed to make sure we're never framing below. Um, you know, oftentimes I forget which which <laughs> camera has which, whether it's Paul or Matt. But it was, uh, no, it was Paul. It was Paul. It was Paul because I remember him saying he just when I first came back in and we're doing um, and we were trying to figure out how to go back on the bed like. Paul just whispered, I gotcha. And um and I then I was fine. It's fine. I knew they were gonna frame it. <laughs> oh, it's you know, so it, artfully done that that scene is is beautiful. It's and it's one thing I think that you have to treasure in, in an opportunity in television that uh, you know, movies, people come and go and they work together for, you know, a few months. But we have, you know, years and years uh together and I think it can develop you can develop a different level of trust. 
uh, in each other. And, and uh, I, I will say, you know, also we all have to, the day we know everything's going to work and we're doing stuff that, okay, this is absolutely going to, well, that's the day we've gone past it. 100%. Because we have to take, we have to take risks. Uh, and that goes for everybody. We take risks in the story. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, such big risks this season. I mean, you, we're yeah. really assuming the way you guys listening, you guys listening don't even know what's coming up uh, in the next episode. But we, we take, we have been swinging for the fences and assuming and hoping that the audience will follow us down, down roads which, which may, may or may not seem promising to them. Uh, and, and that's, but we have to try. Yeah, we have yeah. to try, we have to go, we have to go for it because frankly, we have the opportunity to. Right. You know, we have, you know, we have, we have enough uh, success that we can kind of we can kind of do the things that we think we should and, right. and and use our guts and if we don't do something if we don't swing with these characters and with these situations then we really wasted an opportunity yeah and you in the writers uh, room did totally I, swing for the fences oh this God. season well it's and that's how I think part part of crazy. what Marshall's saying like when you talk about from, it comes from the top down it's not just the respect level it's also the material itself. You've got to be thinking the same thing I am when you're looking at technically of like, oh, wow, oh, wow, you think I can pull this off? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and it's actually yeah. inspiring. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna figure it out. And well, we I know, think that process is so much better than shooting at people's feet. We know so much. I mean, we know, and this is, again, you know, because we've worked it, we know that you can do anything, anything that we can think of, anything that we can think of, you can do and make work. It's true. And it's it's been proven over and over again. So we kind of we raise the bar each. Season. I have to say one thing about Tom making fun of uh, Mr. Banks. Mm. Uh, there's, just, there's a there's an in joke that I'll just mention briefly, uh, which is that in 506 you may remember uh, Mike gets a copy of the Little Prince, and then in 507 he's reading the Little Prince uh, to Kaylee. Uh, that's that's Jonathan's, Jonathan's nickname, nickname, nickname for, for for Tom is the Little Prince. Back. The little prince, and now, yeah, always, still, yeah, <laughs> the they'll, little prince. They'll yell out in front of the crew. Oh, the little prince wants me to do this or that. <laughs> oh, the little prince wants another take. How did that start? I, who, who you knows? Know, you know, just <laughs> you, there's something. You know, I, he I also, said, it all started. Over easy it really started with. Tom the, made him say easy peasy. No, it started in Breaking Bad with the who whom. Me, Jonathan wanted to say whom, have Mike say whom, and I, and the line was, "Is who going to kill who?" And he wanted to say whom. And I was like, but, you know, that doesn't sound like Mike to say whom. Can you say who? And he's like, well, it's proper to say who. You know, so he, he claims I strong-armed him into saying who instead of whom. And somehow that's always rubbed him wrong. And now I've been the, the, <laughs> the little, little prince, prince. See, ever I, since. I feel there's another reason, too, which is there's something kind of royal about Tom. I, I can picture him. <laughs> right. You can picture him yes. in kind of robes and a little bit of a crown and yeah. a scepter and, you know, the ermine. That's my home life. And that's, <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 I really do. I, I can see it. So anyway, but it's, I, I, I'm sorry. I no, kind of took us. not at all. I took us. I, we stopped. That's an excellent, we, I, we, excellent I, piece we, of information. We stopped praising each other for a moment. That's true. And so I, I, I apologize. The audience, the audience that. loves that. Marshall, I have a question. So this year we switched camera systems we did oh, uh, yeah. we, I mean it's not the first time I mean last year we were shooting on a new camera system where we were shooting 6k 5.3 uh, yeah so uh, we when I uh, uh, essentially took over the show for Arthur the first two seasons had been shot on the red which really was the only camera 
uh, or there were very few cameras that were viable for, for 4K output, um, that being one of them. And um, every year they re-released or released a new version of that camera that had more capabilities and uh, and oftentimes more Ks. More Ks. <laughs> okay, need more Ks. How many so, Ks do we So um, it made sense to me in a lot of ways to, uh, to shoot the biggest image that we could and it allowed them to reframe potentially if, if the situation ever came up, which, which it did a couple of times, but I mean, and they're so good about, you know, not changing what we deliver that, you know, didn't get used as much as I thought it would be. But, um, so this season after doing El Camino in between seasons four and five and using the, Congratulations, uh, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fantastic looking movie. Oh, I love it. I, we had Beautiful. so much fun. Great it was movie. such a pleasure. Uh, so, uh, experience with the uh, large format Airflex cameras, uh, it made us a lot of sense to to look at the LF as a as a possible camera for us. And it was the first year that it was uh, a viable solution because it was the first year that it, it could shoot in more than 4K, an Airflex camera could. So, uh, so we we played with it a little bit and fell in love with it, and uh, and it's been it's just been a fantastic camera for us to shoot. Now, what is different about it? Like, what what advantage is it to shoot on this camera versus the other camera? Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of guff for this, but uh, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, to use a buzzword, it's a, it's a much more cinematic camera. It's, it's, okay. it, it's much more uh, filmic looking. The output has a, you know, a smoother band that feels a lot more like negative. Um, the camera is, is much... Uh, friendlier for the assistance um, uh, because it was designed by you know people filmmakers people have been designing sure. film cameras for years and years so uh, all around and I think it just handles the colors especially skin tones uh, in a much more pleasing way so you told uh, me yeah. something you told me that because you guys kept having to check focus pull numbers the, the numbers are different though right well the, something it, it, that, yes the... so we didn't want to change the lenses too much too drastically uh -huh. Um, and, uh, and because it's a large format camera, the lens sizes are very different. What we shot before was, was a super 35 frame. Okay. And what now is the LF, which is a, it's a much larger frame. Uh, so, you know, a lens that we used to be, say, our, you know, our go-to lens was a 27 mm -hmm. now is, uh, is a 21 or, or, or even, oh, okay. you know, or even, so it's a actually, couple it's a, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, so more than. Mm. And there's, there's a chart, there's a conversion chart. I got, so you personally, I got so used to the, uh the old format that I, you know, 27, and by the way, is probably my go-to. If, if there's, if there's a, like, which lens, let's start with a 27. Just as my, that's my random, my random answer. But now it's, I, I say, let's go with the one that's like a 27. <laughs> um, the, the thing that I, I, I uh, because these characters and situations are evolving, I don't think it hurts us to change the look of the show. There, there's some, Showrunners and 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 uh, shows where pe people are very focused on consistency. Let's make sure it looks like the show. And I, my feeling is, at least with this show, it's gonna look like the show. It's just because we're shooting at these locations with these actors and this these this drama. Let's let's keep mixing it up. Let's keep let's see let's see where the edges of this world are. And the great thing about that is that you bring in. Uh, you know, that gives Marshall and everyone else freedom to try different things. And, and we each each time we see something that we like, we all imitate each other and, and, and start bringing those bringing those things back. Uh, but the other thing that I notice about it, in addition to the skin tones, which are I, I, something that I, I, I 
it's important to me. It's, skin tones, for some reason, I, I'm always focused on, on, on how our characters look and how we present them. Uh, but the other thing is because of the larger sensor, it cha- the depth of field is a little bit different. Um, with uh, with the same with more or less equivalent focal lengths, it feels like there's shallower depth of field, and, and it gives it a uh, for me and just because of when I grew up and, and what I'm used to looking at, it gives it a bigger movie feel, uh, and it just it, that's one of the things. And I, by the way, I think the red camera was great for us. I, I have no I have no personal beef with with red. No, no. They, they were great. but I will say I I'm just I'm so enthusiastic about the way uh, the, because this is all Marshall by the way we, you know whatever uh, I feel like my role as a producer and all our, is to give Marshall the things the tools that he needs to accomplish what he thinks is right and uh, but having said that I I think uh, I love what you're doing I you know some of it I I don't know if it's your approach or it's the camera I don't want to attribute too much to the camera. Because I really do, I want to emphasize, I think these are just tools. These are, these are, it's all about how they get used. I mean, uh, you can put, believe me, you could put me out there with the LF or whatever, any camera out there, and, and you could have me trying to shoot something, and it's going to look like dog meat. And then you put, you put Marshall in the same situation with the same equipment, it's going to have a very, it's going to look fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more than looking fantastic. It's going to tell the story uh, in the deepest, the deepest way, because that, that we all are uh, storytellers using you know, just slightly different tools to tell the story. Boy, that was a, yeah, no, that it's was the per- art. I mean, it's yeah, not okay. the paint. Now, I'm it's not tur- the paint and the brush. Off, it's the artist who's I'm using it. Turn off the pretension filter now. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I, 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 it's late in the That's day, and the pretension. <laughs> ah, the pretension. Ah, oof, oof. It smells in here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, it's a fantastic way to end the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Um, we do have to wrap up though. So like there, I, all I want to do is talk about a million other things from the whole season, but we, we, I'm sure we've talked about most of them already in other podcasts. Um, Marshall, well, let me ask the, can I ask Marshall a question? Yeah, no. When looking back on this season and excluding episode 10, which we can't talk about, what is there, is there a challenge that you remember from this season? Is there something that you remember being a, a special? Taking was one of them location. Yeah. Well, well, look, you know, was it was it shooting? Was it just shooting in Tahaj? Or is there a cinematography challenge that you felt like was unusual this season? Or um, the, you know, it's interesting. There are there there are some every season. I would say the the big one this year that we started talking about early on was the was the ant sequence. Um, and, oh yeah. Uh, and I will never forget. You know, I love. Uh, Jesse Heidenfeld, our loader, who is just an absolute bundle of energy and full of all kinds of amazing information. And he went on a search to find a macro lens because I was going to go, I was going to kind of revert to some of the, the InnoVision lenses, the small macros that I've used before. And he found this lens that could get, that was brand new. And, uh, and Panavision had one with a, with a PL adapter on it or a Panavision adapter on it, and uh, and we brought it out, and we shot some tests at El Michoacano. I'll never forget, and he grabbed some honey and actually grabbed some ants off the ground and <laughs> and, uh, and did some tests with it, and it was just blew my mind how tight we could get. How so big that, is it? Or how small is it, rather? The, the, 
the, the front end of this lens? It's, uh, I would say it's about a, a half an inch around at the very end. So, it, you know, it's, it snoots down and it's probably a couple of feet to or 18 inches long. Um, there's a great, it's, uh, it's called a Lawa macro. Look it up on the, uh, the how do you spell YouTube that? Video. It's, it's uh, L-A-O-W-A. And yeah, there's some pretty cool videos out videos, there. Yeah. One of them actually goes between the pages of a book, which I thought was pretty, that was the one that sold me. Wow. Um, but anyway, so uh, that sequence, I would say, was, was that and some of the long lens stuff, uh, you know, like incredibly long lens stuff that we played with. So. But it always starts with Jesse on the truck, like shooting off the back of the truck or, or you know, shooting, <laughs> grabbing some ants off the ground where we're at another location and seeing what we can do. So, I remember from last season and we, we didn't, we, I can't even remember how we used it or if we used it, but there were tests about... Um, a camera as the ball that Jimmy was throwing. And there were stuff where it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it was like, it just like uh, often it, it didn't work because you couldn't see anything or, mm. or it, or it was, it created like a physical sensation of sickness. Yeah. Uh, but you would never know that unless you tried it. And I'm sure that that led to some other, amazing shot that we got based on figuring that out you know what it it uh it morphed into because because it was so violent and kind of yeah. you know you couldn't really put yourself uh we ended up using it in the vending machine at uh <laughs> as the can that's rolling right yeah. oh yeah <laughs> that's right with uh with frank ross my buddy as a matter of fact who uh who ira ira yeah of course. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely anyway uh, yeah, so there you go. You know, we, if, if it doesn't get used, then we'll, we'll put it in our back pocket and figure out another another place to uh, to potentially try it. So, uh, are we ever going to get any Super Eight film in this show? I love. I, I shot, love I've shot eight. so much Super Eight film in my life. I would. I would love to get. I some shot Super a bunch of Super Eight this season. <laughs> That's right. I heard, I heard tests. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Excellent. yeah, but you know, I don't think we said ultimately on that on the five oh six. Did we ultimately shoot sixteen millimeter reversal? We did. That was what we shot. Yeah, okay. absolutely, absolutely. All right, we settled some bets. I know. I'm sure there's been which tons I'm, of I'm talk on Twitter. Which I'm very happy about because that's what I scripted, and it actually somehow magically turned out to be. Mm. What You're quite did. a filmmaker, Tom. <laughs> and there's only one place to, to process it. This really? particular kind of film, the 16 millimeter reversal, uh, uh, Photochem will does not process. Uh, Photochem is basically, I believe, just about the last U.S. lab yeah. uh, for, that does film, and even they don't don't process reversal film. Who does? Just Pro it? It? We took it to we took it to a very small Pro uh, family owned, family owned lab here in the uh, San, beautiful San Fernando Valley. And they did a uh, they did a wonderful job. They're uh, they're a little company that's kind of single handedly trying to keep eight millimeter film alive. So I you can buy cameras from them, buy film from them. A anyway. couple years ago, I took like tens of thousands of feet of old family movies that are like even including like my grandpa when he was a little kid. Wow! Like there was that sixteen, most of it's eight or split eight, and they transferred it, and it's it's like you know What's it's an archive for the family. Pro eight. Pro oh, yeah, no. it used to be called Super 8 Sound, hmm. uh, and then they they their product was Pro 8 because they would take like Kodak film and cut it uh -huh. and make their own, so you could have like Vision 500 8 millimeter film. Use and, the same film that you know <clears throat> everybody else was yeah. using. Oh, 
Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool place, and and they can do you know 4K, you know supervised telecine and everything. Mm-hmm. It's they what adapt, does it mean to put they reverse? adapt the cameras to shoot 16 by 9 now because you know so they cause, oh really because they all had optical stripes you know it's the MOS thing yeah. they all had you know audio baked in oh, I, need to they, play. I have so a bunch of land cameras now and, yeah anyway we can get technical into what it. does it mean when you say reversal after the, the film 16 millimeter reversal reversals so, you, you you develop it and the image is right there you don't do a negative and print it it's it is what it is it once is. you develop uh, it that's oh, reversal okay. film okay. And it's it a positive image. It involves, positive image, it involves right. a, a, a very different process <clears throat> to, <throat> to process it, and, at which I, and I believe it involves actually flashing light onto it. I believe. I really? forgot. Yeah. I've kind of forgot. I've forgotten. I know it definitely. I've forgotten. Like it's very much camera? different. No, I, it's, it's a whole. It's a whole. Look, anybody uh, it, tweet at me. Tweet at me and tell me <laughs> how, to, how, how reversal is. How reversal is. Uh, how reversal is, is obviously the result must be different than the 16 millimeter negative though or you wouldn't have chosen yes. it yeah well it's it has a um it's hard to tell once you look at it i mean but it's there is a, there's a difference there's it's a the quality the difference it it's different. it has less it, the the negative has uh has more depth to it and you can you can underexpose i'm looking at marshall to see if i'm right you can under <laughs> and over you can under and overexpose negative a little bit more successfully and but with reversal away, still get away with with, a, with a good image yeah with reversal film corrected but yeah reversal you you bake it into the it's, it's it slide it film is. it's slide film that's oh, what yeah, it is yeah. it's slide remember, film yeah you have a I bunch did my of art slides with, yeah, used to be on slides you had to carry them around all your interviews for gallery Chrome, you know, yeah. it was, yep, that's it. That's it. Mm, all right. Very colorful and yeah. uh, and does some really special things, especially uh, also even as it ages too, it does some really fun, colorful stuff. So it's, anyway. Oh, that's cool. So Ray, yeah. what what happens in the next episode? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're, we're, I haven't we're, seen it. We're, uh, you and me no, both. I, I have also not seen say. it. No, no, I'm kidding. No, I, 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 uh, we're not going to tell you what happens in the Before next episode. Before we end, thank you, Mark Margolis, for coming back to really Hector Salamanca. Oh, man. So good. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sad. I mean, I know ultimately we know where, what happens to, to Hector, mm-hmm. but it, it, it did make me feel a little sad to leave him there with the happy birthday gang. <laughs> That's such it, a good it, scene, though. The Lalo, the way that Lalo looks back at him with... Oh, just, just oh, like man, you can know, almost... Yeah. So, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. Tio, I'm sorry. As Kelly calls him, Uncle Tio. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that leaving you with this hell. But... So good. Well, by Gus's design, right? And uh, Poppy Lou and Katarina Tannenbaum, I'm, you know, they did a great job in their scene that got... Cut, unfortunately, and I, and I, they I feel are, horrible. Those two are both such talented actors, uh, such wonderful performers. They've really gifted us by by being these two these two characters, and uh, I'm, I'm sure hoping we see them again. Too and to bad. Sherry Montesanto, who uh, does our makeup, and did such so amazing great. work with the so the scr- you know the scratches on and cuts on on Bob's on Bob neck and, and back and his oh my feet. god they look feet. like hell his horrible feet yeah, yeah she's just she's does magic and it's she's just so such great. a great it's job. really amazing how mm-hmm. how convincingly bad they looked yeah and Ashlyn Padilla making all those tattoos those tattoos are all made by hand and she's mm-hmm. drawing them and then making tattoo prints it's this. It, it's it's a testament again to this this whole crew, just how far people will take things and how and how much of themselves people put into it. Yeah. So, well, thank you guys so much for coming out and talking. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything else? Mm. Tony Dalton, great. 
Amazing. Oh my god. Amazing. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. see I mean we could talk we could spend the whole podcast talking about and that the, last or, act. Or, or, it Ray, you have have you haven't seen nine? No. You haven't seen huh? anything. I haven't seen anything. Other than the minimal ADR because Phil's so great at sound, I never mm-hmm. get to freaking see my scenes because I barely do any ADR. Did we do? I guess I can't remember because it, it it all sounded and you guys and you, you and Bob are both so good at ADR. But the beginning of four oh seven or five oh seven, uh, right before the wedding, did we ADR that? Did you, did you, Catherine the make the ADR? Yeah, yeah outside. Yeah, because it sounded and like Phil, you guys by the way, were Phil inside knew it. Phil an knew air it when conditioner. We were there. Yeah, he no, he showed that, me a picture. He was like, "It's not my yeah. fault." We have the yeah. graded table. Yeah, everybody knew it sounded like yeah. crap. It was um, it was awful. But it's a great. It was awful. I love that but scene. yeah, we ADR done. I love that scene. Um, yeah, and then we shot part of it actually in reshoots later, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting on a wooden box in the parking lot of the studios with half of a fake table. Remember, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was fun. I I, I I love that about movies. I love, I love, I love that stuff. I love the artifice. I'll it's, never forget the first time I went on a stage and saw that the staircase doesn't go anywhere. Disorienting. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I still feel that way. Well, and thank you guys for listening, and thanks Joey for coming in and spending your Saturday with us away from the twins. Mm-hmm. Is it restful to be away from the twins? I love right every day at my house, and I'm having a great time. <laughs> Joey, Joey, they're not listening. Oh, There's no way they got this far. Blink, <laughs> blink twice Some if you yeah. need to be rescued. Someday they will. Yes, they're going to go back. They're going to go back and listen, Joey. That's right. Um, thank you, Mike Bermatrout. No problem, Chris. Uh, thank you, Chris Sullivan, for no reason in particular. And, uh, and thank you guys for listening. We only have one more episode this mm. season, which is really sad. But as as uh, as you all know, we'll, we'll be back for Where is uh, Vince? another season. Where right. is Vince? Why is he not here? Well, hopefully, fingers crossed, Vince will be here uh, next week. Yeah, I will. And uh, hopefully he'll be here uh, a few weeks ago as well. Because uh, <laughs> we're recording these things so far out of order. But, um, but yeah, we, we really appreciate you guys coming out and talking and absolutely and, uh, thanks for having me and jen for putting this together and Thank val you, jen. and uh asking about the oatmeal bath that's right i didn't even get it i didn't i mean that's that scene is like th- that must have been really hard to shoot too but like how many times can i you do say think it's shooting in that shoot? bathroom is hard sometimes don't you the tight fix i mean nothing is as bad as the bathroom at at that house where we're supposed to be looking at an open house oh no that, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah, like yeah, this. yeah you and matt were like above us standing on our there shoulders no practically. place to stand anyway that yeah. stuff looks great though good yeah yeah <laughs> marshall what every episode we end uh somebody takes us out with their best bob odenkirk Better call Saul. Would oh you do the gosh. honors this time? I wouldn't even know where to begin. You could just, like, just, just, just do your own. <laughs> you have just to. do your own uh, words. Yeah. Uh, better call Saul. Yeah! yeah.